Locked On Dolphins, hosted by Travis Wingfield. Your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm in town to play the Dolphins, you dumbass. What's up, Dolphins, and welcome into the Thursday, August the 2nd edition, the Hall of Fame game day edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, training camp practice number seven is in the books, and we have another busy show, including another player journalist feud, a not-so-happy anniversary today, some Twitter questions, and we are joined on the back end by a very special guest to talk about the cornerback battle for the number two job. But first, I kindly invite each and every one of you guys to please subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating, leave us a review once you have done that. Give me a follow on Twitter. It's at NFL. Voted the number one follow on Dolphins Twitter. And the show is at Lockdown Fins. And of course, the Lockdown Dolphins blog, the number one blog in the Lockdown Network, as well as a top five podcast in the Lockdown Football Network. There you can find Jason Harina's piece on the practice report today up on LockdownDolphins.com. And of course, the other Lockdown Sports family of podcasts like the Lockdown Heat podcast and Lockdown NFL podcast. For all the local and national coverage of your favorite teams, let's get the Mad Dog on here to talk about some news. And the Mad Dog does take us into our news items for the day. And these news items are never a good thing during training camp. It usually has to do with injuries. And that's what we're talking about today. A couple of guys were held out of practice altogether. The usual suspects the last few days. Marquise Gray, AJ Derby, Jake Brendel, all backups in their own right, hopefully. Jawan James was there, but not working once again at right tackle. Isaiah Ford was working on the side of the field trying to get back from a shoulder strain that he suffered a couple days ago. And the big news of the day and it's negative news, was that William Hayes left the field, went to the locker room with what is being called a lower leg injury. There are no updates on the severity of that injury so far, but if I get anything during the course of this podcast or the day, I'll let you guys know here on the air or on Twitter. And that's all I have for the updates. Let's go ahead and get into the news from camp and break it down. That's another Miami Dolphins So the lead story for us today, as far as Locked On Dolphins goes, is the anniversary of the Ryan Tannehill injury in 2017. This is the day that he had that non-contact injury, went down, the season was lost for him and for the Dolphins ultimately on that day. Of course, it was August 3rd, that's the day the injury happened, but it also happened on the same day as the Hall of Fame game, which is today, August the 2nd, and it coincides with the fact that Ryan Tannehill had a pretty rough day at practice, throwing three interceptions but it puts it in context in terms of how bad things could have been in terms of what it was last year. And, you know, he's I'm not going to sit here and sugarcoat the fact that he threw the ball to the defense three times. Of course, he's trying to challenge things and stretch the limits and see what he can get away with. Of course, they're putting Devontae Parker up against a cornerback that is known for bullying him and throwing those balls into tight windows can lead to interceptions and throwing the ball to Devontae Parker has led to more interceptions than any Dolphins receiver the last two years. So... It's not good for Tannehill, but it's not the end of the world. So it's just a bad day. When you really start to get concerned about that from the quarterback is when they start stacking these bad days up on top of each other. But you can find that piece on Ryan Tannehill. I go over his entire 2016 season. There are GIF clips in there for you guys. There are stat breakdowns, his 
numbers on play action, numbers against pressure, numbers to passing the football to certain sides of the field, the charting, everything you want to see about Ryan Tannehill's 2016 season up right now on LockedOnDolphins.com, as well as those camp hits from our staff writer Jason Harina. And shifting gears to the other story of the day or the week or whatever you want to call it is this feuding beef between Omar Kelly, everyone's favorite beat writer, I say that very much in jest, and Jordan Phillips, the fourth-year defensive tackle in a contract year, trying to play for a big second deal in his football career. But there are some tweets that are really worth seeing on Twitter right now. And it starts off with Omar Kelly questioning Jordan Phillips' position as a starting defensive tackle, surprised that he is still one of the starters on the first team. Jordan Phillips was quick to quit back and ask how Omar Kelly still has a job and that everyone is surprised by that. And then Omar Kelly comes back and says, if you were in your into your playbook or into the field or playing whatever it is as much as you are into your feelings we wouldn't be having this conversation Jordan Phillips writes right back and says well you come to my job every day to see me do my job not the other way around why don't you come talk to me like a man and then Omar Kelly backed out and then of course Jordan Phillips goes on to have what appears to be his best day of practice all cam he was allegedly living in the backfield beating his chest after certain plays playing fired up that's the guy we have to get because we saw that in certain flashes throughout the course of the last couple of seasons I always point back to the 2016 game against the New England Patriots in week 17 where he had an entire series where he was in the backfield fired up playing that same type of football. So we need to see more of that. But it's also to say that the offensive line on the interior has struggled a bit and it coincides with Josh Sitton getting another veterans day off. Ted Larson got first team reps at left guard in his place. Dan Kilgore appears to be struggling a little bit in his new surroundings in Miami. We'll have to keep an eye on that as things go forward. And of course, Sam Young played right tackle for Jawan James. So a bit of a backup first team offensive line for Ryan Tannehill and causing a not so good day for the offense. The defense balling out. And who was that one guy picking on Ryan Tannehill in practice? We'll discuss that next and get to your Twitter questions on the other side of the podcast. But first... A word from our friends over at Vivid Seats and me personally, I got a chance to go check out a Washington State Cougars game against the USC Trojans, number 15 versus number 5 in the country. Got my seats through Vivid Seats, was on the 40-yard line, 10 rows up, was a phenomenal experience. Mike Leach famously said that game was like Woodstock, but Vivid Seats is an online ticket marketplace that is dedicating to providing fans of live entertainment with an experience that lasts a lifetime. And with the Hall of Fame game happening tonight between the Ravens and the Bears, that means the start of the NFL regular season is just around the corner. So this season, don't just sit around and watch the Dolphins from home when you can be at Hard Rock Stadium in the crowd cheering on the team in person thanks to Vivid Seats. Vivid Seats is offering Locked On Dolphins listeners 10% off your first ticket order when you use our exclusive promo code Locked On. That's one word, Locked On. New customers only, and the offer is good through the end of August. Preseason and regular season tickets are now available. The Dolphins kick off their home schedule on September the 9th against the Tennessee Titans, and you can be there live in person for all the excitement. All you have to do is go to vividseats.com or download the app, enter promo code locked on for 10% off your first order. The offseason is over, the NFL is back, and Vivid Seats wants to help you get to the game. Rolling on into segment two, talking about the Dolphins training camp today. We're going to start it off with the Twitter mailbag from yesterday. I put the question out on Twitter for you guys. You respond with your questions. I give you a shout out here on the show. 
and we answer your question live here on the show as well. And there was a lot of write-ins. I only have time to get to a few of them. A lot of the questions were similar in nature, so forgive me if I passed over your question, but we'll get to them later on as the week slows down or possibly even next week. So the first question here comes from Anthony Matsuzaka at Tony underscore Matsuzaka. I apologize for butchering that name, man. Which wide receiver has the biggest year of the five? Parker, Stills, Wilson, Amendola, or Grant. I'm going to go with Kenny Stills because he's the most consistent. He's the most veteran. He's the leader of the group. He's going to play the most, and he has the best connection with Ryan Tannehill. Danny Amendola will catch more footballs, but Kenny Stills, in terms of overall production, will be the best receiver on this team, like he has been for quite a while now. Next question comes from Matthias. It's at Weckneard. Will Gusecki be split wide more often than he'll be in the line? As a traditional tight end, absolutely he will, especially as Devontae Parker continues to struggle as he does just about every day, it seems like. Mike Gusecki is going to be a red zone weapon for this team, but he is going to play in line a little bit, but he will definitely flex out more than that. Next question is from world's number one Dolphin. It's at Dolphin1905. How many two tight end sets have we seen so far at training camp? They have ran a lot of 12 personnel from what I understand, using a lot of Albert Wilson and Jakeem Grant as wide receivers with Mike Gusecki and then a mixture of whether it's AJ Derby, Marquise Gray, Durham Smythe, whoever it is. They're rolling with that formation quite a bit. They intend to use that formation quite a bit, possibly even 13 personnel quite a bit as well. Travis Moore has a question for me about the cornerbacks. I'm going to leave that for the next segment of the podcast. Last question here, Matt Vice at Mr. Strong Style. Your biggest worry for the team. I think so far it's it's going to be... I'm going to say just the middle of the defense in general, defending the run, because this team is set up so well to defend the pass and rush the passer and play in the secondary, but I still worry about the run defense in general as a whole because that rotation in the middle, if we lose William Hayes today, that's a very big hit on the defensive end position against the running game because these DNs don't want to play the run. Will Hayes is the one that does the most, and if he's out, that just spells more problems for the Dolphins' run defense. So... More good questions from you guys. Once again, I apologize again for not getting to all of those, but we have a lot of news and updates to get to. You guys talked about the tight end position a lot. Mike Gusecki is getting a lot of reps at practice and playing in place of Marquise Gray and allegedly taking advantage of those reps and doing a lot with what he's received so far, taking every opportunity that he gets. Going back to the defensive side of the football, sounds like Tory McTire and reps in the practice today, both elevated but at the corner position and linebacker spots respectively. And speaking of linebackers, I heard Terrence Garvin's name for the first time today. If you guys recall, I wrote up a piece on him when he signed this offseason. And Joe Shad said that he's had a nice camp so far and settled pretty comfortably into a spot as a reserve linebacker and, of course, a special teamer, as I wrote on that piece back in, I think it was March. The punt returners for the day were Jakeem Grant, Kenyon Drake, Danny Amendola, Danny Amendola, and Albert Wilson. It sounds like that will be your foursome in competition going forward. I still think it'll be Jakeem Grant on plays where a return is possible and Danny Amendola on punts where they want him to fair catch the football and then kick returns. I would say probably a mixture of the running backs, probably Kalen Balaj. But we'll see what happens in the games and these preseason games coming up should be a much more indicator in terms of what they're thinking with the return game. And speaking of practice today, Xavier Howard was out there wrecking practice, dominating the top of the routes, bullying Devontae Parker, making plays on the football. And he was the one that actually got Tannehill for all three interceptions. Sounds like they were trying to work balls into contested areas against Xavier Howard. He was having none of it, pulling down three making plays, breaking up the football in other instances, and just being the top-level corner that we hope he can be, that he showed down the stretch last year. And there was some good stuff on Twitter talking about how Xavier Howard 
last year had a, a mixed bag of good games and bad games, and he wanted to go back over the bad games that he played, in his opinion, and work on those games in the film room and find out what he could do to make those games turn into good games in addition to the games where he really balled out and played his best football. But speaking of the cornerback position, we have more on that on the next segment here with a special guest. We'll do that next on the Lockdown Dolphins podcast at Winkle NFL at Lockdown Fins. And welcome back into segment number three of the podcast. And normally our third segment is reserved for announcements, irreverent games I like to play, or just an extended outro. But we're lucky enough to have the best part of the show, say for the last part of the show. And I'm just going to welcome him into the show right now. He is at NFL Film Study on Twitter. You can find his work on Bleacher Report. And, he's the re- and the reason he's on today is his extensive work talking about cornerbacks in the outstanding, comprehensive 2017 cornerback manual that's available now for you guys. I'm talking, of course, about Ian Wharton. Ian, what's been up, man? Hey, just uh, excited, man. Excited to get back into things. We've got preseason football kicking off here shortly. And uh, obviously training camp is is you know underway. And so we've got some competition going. And I mean, I'm excited, man. It's been a uh, been a quick off season i feel like in a, in a good way I mean, it's been long in one sense because it's you know it's been since what january february since we had any meaningful games in action but it's been quick in the sense the nfl is always kind of in the headlines so yeah, uh, in, in one sense, it, it doesn't feel like it's that long, but it has been. So I'm excited. My first full season cover in the team, it, it went by a lot faster because I had things like OTAs to look forward to, which in the past I always just, you know, kind of brushed off like no big deal. But when you got to talk about it every day, it definitely helps things go by faster. And like you said, you know, we're recording this podcast on Wednesday night. We got football tomorrow night, man. I know it's going to be, you know, UPS drivers versus insurance salesmen, but still it's, it's <laughs> football and it's going to be, you know, NFL logos out there. So that's always a good time, always a celebration day. And we actually have a celebration day for us as Dolphins fans today because this is the day, if you recall last year, that Ryan Tannehill, you know, knock on wood, that he went down and we're back here and looks like he's all good to go. So good news there. But that's not what we have you on to talk about today, Ian. We're talking about the cornerbacks. And I teased it earlier on the on Twitter today, on the podcast earlier on Wednesday, talking about that number two cornerback job that is really heating up in camp. And I kind of thought it was going to be a foregone conclusion with, you know, Xavier Howard's clearly the number one. You actually just tweeted something really cool about him. We'll talk about that later, I guess. But number two job between Cordray, Tankersley, Tony Lippett, and now you have Torrey McTire entering the fray. And I know they love Cornell Armstrong. I know that there's a bit of an affinity for Jalen Davis. So this position is really deep. But can you just kind of unpack this number two cornerback job for us in terms of what tank does well what coverages he plays best in the same for Lippitt and, and just where you measure these guys right now yeah it was obviously you know we kind of talked about it in past episodes but I'm a big fan of what Kadrea Tankersley uh, showed for the Dolphins last year he is uh, a very good I'd say that he's a balanced corner right now I think he's a good overall player in zone I think he's a good overall player in man I don't think he's great and either at this point we saw blown coverages a couple times last year um, especially with the safety with Rashad Jones a couple times um, that led to some big plays. And that's some communication stuff that can get ironed out over time. It's not necessarily technique. It's sometimes it's pre-snap recognition. Sometimes it's, it's communication. That's going to be an experience thing for him. It's also going to be experience for him as far as taking his raw natural athleticism, which he has great length. He really accelerates nicely in short spaces. So when he has to break on the ball, he's able to use his length and his size and get that short burst of energy when he needs to, to play the ball. And I think that that's going to be a huge asset for him moving forward. Uh, but for him, it's, a, it's kind of cleaning up the transitions in his movements. So when you're breaking down, going from a straight line and, and suddenly changing directions, any direction 
it's just kind of cleaning that type of stuff up. And again, that's, that's something that a lot, every young corner has to work on. It's something that experience helps film study helps. Um, also just getting the right coaching and taking to the coaching quickly. So that's going to be something I think that he has, he can improve on. And if he can, he has, he definitely has like, I think high number two corner type potential. Like he's definitely a potential solid starter for long term. Uh, I think at worst he showed last year is that he is a, and at least a contributor, at least someone that you can count on as a third corner at the very worst. I mean, he's, he definitely has all the physical traits that you want to see. And I think he's polished enough to where you can count on him if you need to. Uh, Tony Lippett, he's really interesting to me because he's coming off such a major injury. The early reports look pretty good on him. It sounds like he's moving well. It sounds like he's going to be a guy who's going to, like you said, he's, he's going to be rotating in. He's competing for that, that third and second corner job. So, presuming that he wins one of the, uh, I'm sorry, doesn't win the second job, you would assume that he's going to be right there as a guy to, to rotate in with whoever wins his number two corner job. If he does win the number two job, then that's a heck of a recovery from him um, in just one off season and, and a little bit of last season. Um, he's more of a zone based guy. He's not a twitchy athlete. He's not a guy who's going to uh, run downfield, uh, you know, 40 yards with the guy and always be in perfect position. He's not the fastest He's not the most athletic guy, but he's really long. He uses his length really well. He has great ball skills. Um, I think the receiver experience that he has from college definitely shows in his tape, and it definitely has paid off for him. Uh, he anticipates routes, I think, fairly well for, for being so young at the position. Um, I don't know that he's a guy that I project as a, a stud, a guy who really has that high upside. Uh, but if, if this team's going to be playing a lot of uh, cover four, cover two man, a lot of that, which is what we saw a lot of last year, and I think that's the direction this team wants to go, then he's a good scheme fit for them, and that's a guy that you can work with, especially if you can get a bona fide number one corner. Uh, if Xavier Howard, if he's going to be that guy, or if Tankersley ascends to that position, or, or who knows if one of these other guys ascends to that position, whoever it may be, he can prove to be valuable depth or even potentially um, a kind of a stopgap starter to a nice starter. Uh, I, I'm really interested to see what he shows in this preseason, actually, just as far as his health. I, mm -hmm. That, to me, is always going to be a big question um, coming off that injury. Um, Torrey McTire, he's really the great unknown in all this. We know that he's a fantastic athlete. We saw what he did in the preseason last year. It was impressive. And granted, it was against, you know, no offense to him, but, you know, footlocker employees. <laughs> it was, you know, it's just it's it's always hard to tell what you're seeing against third stringers, UDFAs, camp arms, because it's it. He could be playing amazing. He might have been playing at, at a, an all-star, all-pro level, um, but we don't really know because the competition is just not there. And sometimes it's not from the wide receivers. Sometimes it's just from the quarterbacks. The quarterbacks can't take advantage of the corner. Um, now, then again, he may be AJ Bouye. He may be the Dolphins' version of AJ Bouye, who was an undrafted guy, sat for a year or two kind of got better as he was practicing, mastered his technique, and all of a sudden became a superstar. Maybe Torrey McTire's that guy. We don't really know yet at this point. It's encouraging to hear that he's getting the reps early in practice. He's going against the Dolphins' best receivers, um, which I think at this point we can kind of point to Kenny Stills and sounds like Albert Wilson uh, from a lot of reporters has been excellent. Danny Amendola sounds like he's been doing well as, as well. Um, but it's great to get him that experience, expose him now, see what – he can work on, see where he's at developmentally. Did that year uh, on the active roster, even though he didn't play much, did that exposure help him mentally? Because I think that's going to be the biggest challenge for him is catching up with the speed of the game, catching up with the nuance. We kind of talked about it with Cordray Tankersley, 
where him is going to be mastering everything else except for the physical act of football. The mental act of the football, especially at the corner position, is extremely difficult. And so for him to get him and Lippitt, those reps especially, right now to see where their head's at and kind of see what they can do now, I think is a really interesting challenge by this coaching staff. It's going to be really fun preseason, like you mentioned, just for all these deep position group battles we have. It seems deeper than in years past, and especially this cornerback room that I contend is better than any group we've had going back to the Sertan Madison days. And some folks might say Vontae Davis and Sean Smith, but I contend that they never lived up, lived up to their full hype, their full hype in Miami, but rather in Kansas City and Indianapolis, respectively. So, Ian, before we get you out of here, who makes the roster and what's the order of the cornerbacks on this current depth chart? So I will. I just have to kind of fall back on what I saw last year. Um, I'm going to go with the safer option in Cordrea Tankersley. I, I think that they're getting Lippitt and McTire those looks, and they are important looks. But ultimately, I think I think Tankersley's just a little bit more gifted athletically, a little bit more refined in his technique, and I think that I really think he's the guy for the job. Um, unless if one of these guys breaks out here and and really shows to be you know something special that I just couldn't possibly have seen because. You know, my limitations of, uh, of where I sit. Um, so I'm going to go with Xavier Howard, number one, Kadrea Tankersley, number two. We know Bobby McCain's going to be in the slot at the very worst. And we know that there was kind of some talk of him playing outside. I think he'll settle into the slot. We both agree that he's a stud there. Um, I think t- Tony Lippett, because of his familiarity with the coaching staff, um, coming back from the injury, I think he'll be that third boundary corner to start the season um, I think McTire is going to be right there with him though throughout the year and if there's much of a slip from whoever gets that third corner job I think that's going to be quick to flip I think you're going to see uh, a big challenge there um, from the two of them it seems like those two are going to be competing uh, or those three will be competing all season long I mean who knows if whoever's named starter could definitely be relegated quickly if things don't go well for them but I'll go with Tankersley, Lippitt, then McTire um, and I agree with you. I think Jalen Davis has a chance to make this roster. I think special teams is going to be big. Do they go with Cornell Armstrong because uh, he was drafted in the sixth round? I don't think they're going to be too worried about that draft status. Sixth round is kind of a flyer. Whoever doesn't make the roster will probably go on the practice squad. Um, Davis has been the guy getting the buzz. We're about to see, though, in the games. The games are going to really dictate whoever makes this roster and on special teams. So, so watch that battle closely. Um, right now, I'll say Davis because he's been the hotter name. Um, but that, that, like I said, that could change. Two weeks from now, we, we may say, you know, after two games, so-and-so is definitely not cut out to be an NFL player right now. So hopefully that's not the case. Hopefully these guys both end up being uh, great pieces for their roles. Uh, but I think it's a little bit kind of in the, in the hip pocket for Jalen Davis right now because he's kind of established himself pretty early on. Ian, great stuff as always from you. He is at NFL Film Study on Twitter. You can find his work on Bleacher Report. And Ian, let's do a full-length podcast sometime before the season starts. What do you say to that? I would love to. All right, sounds good, man. Thanks for coming on tonight. My pleasure. And off Ian goes. Once again, a big thanks to him for joining the podcast for us today. We have one more show this week tomorrow, wrapping up Friday's practice before a Saturday scrimmage. We'll have coverage on that for you guys on Sunday night's podcast. Sunday, an off day for the Dolphins in practice. 
back at it again on Monday, but that will do it for this edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. You guys, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review once you are there. Check out the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Give me a follow on Twitter. It's at LethalNFL. The show is at Locked On Fins. Keep up to date on our daily Dolphins blog at LockedOnDolphins.com. And you guys have a great rest of your night. We'll talk to you again tomorrow for another edition of Locked On Dolphins podcast, your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football. Push me up against the wall, young tough girl in a push-up.